Good morning. On a weekly basis, we check in with Liz Tahura from BDSA, our official insights partner here at Business of Cannabis. We wanted to check in with her this week specific to what they are seeing about how consumers and patients are using uh, cannabis for medical and health-related reasons as it fits in well with a lot of the conversations we've had this week. Um, Liz, over to you. So let's dive in and take a look at what we're seeing with uh, cannabis for health and medicinal purposes within the, the Canada consumer. Um, you know, we've discussed uh, our top line number many times, Jay, uh, so it shouldn't be a surprise to see this. And uh, it's worth noting as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the year that our analysts are standing firm on our forecast for the year of about 2.5 billion US or somewhere a little over 3 billion Canadian uh, for 2020. Uh, so what does that mean for the medical cannabis sales or the medical channel specifically? Well, we have our forecast for the medical channel in 2020 to be about 16% of total legal sales, uh, which is a little over 400 million US dollars. By 2022, it's worth noting that the, uh, the medical channel, this medical specific channel will be below 10% of total legal sales. Um, and our analysts do expect that to continue to go down from there. Um, so as you mentioned earlier, Jay, slightly different than what we see in the US forecast where because of state markets coming online um, and the evolution of the sort of patchwork of regulations that we have in the US, we see a little bit different scenario playing out where by 2025, uh, we believe the medical market still will be a pretty important piece of the US market um, at around probably around 30% of total legal sales. But really important to note, and um, I know we've talked about this many times, you know, the, the channel of purchase is not necessarily indicative of the, uh, the purpose of consumption. And we know very much uh, from, from plenty of our research, both consumer and retail, uh, that consumers purchase cannabis from multiple channels for similar purposes. Um, so just because a uh, consumer is purchasing out of the adult use or the recreational channel or the, the regular legal channel does not in any way, shape or form mean that they are not consuming that product for health, wellness or medicinal benefits. It's worth setting the stage a little bit again here. Uh, we, again, Jay, you've seen this number before, um, about 63% of Canadian adults of legal age are either cannabis consumers or what we call acceptors, um, also heard them called candy curious, those who are open to consuming um, in the future. Um, and so at BDSA, we like to dig in deeper and uh, as we say, data deeper into these numbers. So that top line number is interesting, um, but who are those consumers? Uh, we have actually run a full consumer segmentation based on and defined by attitudes about cannabis. Uh, we've identified six consumer segments and four non-consumer segments. And it's interesting to note as we're thinking about this through a medicinal or a medical health and wellness lens today, uh, that four of the six consumer segments, which represents over 50% of cannabis consumers, um, are motivated at least in part by medicinal or health and wellness benefits for their cannabis consumption. Um, some of them are motivated more by physical ailments, some of them more by mental, emotional, and health, um, mental health wellnesses, wellness motivations. But regardless, cannabis is a, is a common denominator in some very disparate groups of people. 
Um, and of course, cannabis is really unique in that there are so many use cases and need states for consuming cannabis. Everything from, um, you know, when I crack a cannabis beverage at the end of a, of a long work day to relax and unwind, um, to those who are consuming a tincture to address symptoms from chemotherapy or, or manage other illnesses. Um, and of course, everything in between. So regardless of the need states, uh, driving growth within the cannabis market are these functional benefits people are seeking. Um, and the medicinal use cases are very, very important to cannabis consumers as a whole. Um, in Canada specifically, uh, we see about 45% of consumers self-reporting that their primary purpose for consuming cannabis is health or medicinal value. Uh, so I wanted to take a little bit of a, a dive into what those consumers who consume specifically um, for medicinal and health and wellness purposes look like. Uh, so they do still skew mail, uh, but a little bit less so than your average cannabis consumer, and certainly less so than those who state that their primary purpose or exclusive purpose is for social or recreational uh, use cases. They definitely skew older than your average cannabis consumer. Um, about half consume daily. Uh, so you see a little bit of fluctuation based on their primary form of consumption, but regardless, right around half are, are stating that they consume cannabis daily. Um, and I think this is, and actually uh, something else to note there, the most frequent time of consumption is right before bed. Uh, so that tying back to those functional ingredients, it really does, uh, suggest that functional ingredients or, um, or use cases that fit around that nighttime routine are going to be an especially good match for these uh, medicinal and or health and wellness focused consumers. Uh, also important and sort of tying back to the size of the medical channel in Canada, 37% of those that consume cannabis uh, specifically or primarily for medicinal purposes or health purposes have a med card. Uh, so that speaks to the uh, the, the, the statement earlier uh, where we're seeing consumers purchasing for medical purposes outside of necessarily the, the medical channel. Um, of course, important to note that these are all averages. And in fact, there are many, many types of and segments of the cannabis consumer. Um, so again, thinking about diving in deeper to the various need states and motivations and groups within these consumers um, can teach us a little bit more um, about the nuance within and around the averages uh, that we talked about today. Uh, when we're looking at how cannabis consumers or what products cannabis consumers prefer to consume, again, we see some pretty specific differences between those who state, um, again, this is self-reported, but those who state that their primary purpose is medicinal versus their primary purpose being recreational or social. Um, Certainly um, not a surprise, I'm sure, to see that the medicinally motivated consumers tend to favor edibles and topicals um, a little more so than the, the recreational or social user uh, or consumer, but certainly interesting to see those numbers being so disparate. Uh, one thing I would point out here um, that while uh, edibles are the most preferred method for your medicinal or medical uh, motivated consumers, you're seeing that still a relatively low percentage as you compare to the 68% of recreational social only uh, consumers who state that they prefer inhalables. Also worth pointing out there that uh, the recreational social consumer does still enjoy edibles. Um, about 30% of them do still state that that's their preferred 
uh, method of consumption. Where you really see the difference, of course, is within the, the topicals category, where less than 5% of um, recreational or social consumers are stating that they prefer to utilize topicals. In general, when we're talking about all cannabis consumers, and, and this is actually a slide we've used earlier, Jay, but I thought it's it's worth to point worth pointing out that your cannabis consumer in generally, in generally, in general, excuse me, tends to be a health and wellness focused consumer. Um, so we do see higher instances amongst cannabis consumers for things like going to a fitness center, or gym, doing yoga, Pilates, participating in outdoor recreation. Um, and so, so definitely worth noting that regardless of whether or not consumers state that their use cases are primarily health and wellness or primary, primarily recreational and social, um, we still do see uh, a health and wellness um, exposure for those cannabis consumers. That also would be interesting to take a look at a specific group that often gets associated with the health and or medicinal focused or motivated consumer. Um, and that, of course, is boomers. Um, they are much more likely uh, to be medically motivated than other age groups. Um, and so probably less of a surprise or not quite a surprise that um, they are less interested in inhaling due to health concerns than other age groups. Um, and, and certainly more likely to be consuming cannabis for pain management or to avoid prescription or over the counter medications. Um, however, boomers are not only medically motivated, and again, this gets back to looking at averages versus really diving into those consumer segments and understanding uh, various segments. Uh, but we do see the, the relax, unwind, and have a good time coming up high on motivating factors for this group as well. Um, those that do inhale went within the boomers group, which although slightly smaller incidence than other age groups, uh, it's still over 60% of boomers saying that they do um, inhale as one of their uh, one of their methods of consumption. And those that do inhale, uh, they state that relaxing and being mellow is, is one of their primary reasons for consumption, as well as to just plain out have fun. Uh, which, let's be real, uh, mental health is just as important as physical health, and certainly this year, I think, has uh, driven that, that case home. So um, would, would hesitate to say that uh, relaxation and um, a little bit of de-stress um, is not a medical motivation for or a health and wellness-minded motivation. We talk a lot, Jay, about the impact of alcohol and cannabis. Um, but it's worth pointing out, and these numbers are actually from the end of last year, but I think they're still relevant, so good to look at here. It's worth pointing out that prescription medications and over-the-counter medications are also heavily influenced um, by cannabis consumption. For amongst those who are consuming, um, consuming cannabis, the percentage of those that state, again, this is self-reported, uh, but, but certainly interesting to see, who state that they decreased their prescription medication, 41%. Those who state that they decreased their over-the-counter medication, also 41%. Uh, so worth calling out that within the US, 30% uh, of US adults state that they consume cannabis specifically to avoid prescription medications. And 24% state that they consume cannabis to avoid over-the-counter medications. 
So what about CBD? Uh, certainly as, uh, as we talk about health and wellness and, and medicinal benefits, hard to avoid talking about CBD. Uh, so as we've mentioned before, BDSA uh, does forecast out the CBD market separately for Canada, um, although it is part, um, at least today, is part of the, the Canada, or excuse me, the cannabis retail channel. Um, but we do forecast up to a $2.4 billion market by 2025. Um, and this forecast does assume, as we've mentioned before, Jay, uh, that CBD will decouple from the cannabis retail channel, so around 2022 or 2023, uh, to allow CBD to be regulated more like a natural food within general retail. Uh, we do update these forecasts every six months, so we'll be watching the evolution of this industry and the regulations very, very closely, uh, frankly, both north and south of the border, as CBD continues to be a highly... Uh, a high point of interest and a high point of focus for the cannabis and especially for the health and wellness cannabis community. Uh, just a quick point out that when you're talking specifically about CBD and here we're looking at edibles, um, you know, the top three purposes for um, or motivations for consuming CBD does remain uh, very health and wellness focused. So really pain, sleep better, relax, be mellow. Um, again, I would argue that Relax Be Mellow uh, does tie into, at the very least, a, a mental health um, and can certainly also tie into physical health as well. Um, also important as we're thinking about the future of uh, the cannabis products in general and certainly CBD products as well, mentioned this earlier, um, this idea of functional benefits and functional ingredients um, and how important that can be to the, uh, to the product story and the attributes that are being included in cannabis products to appeal to and, and work well for these cannabis consumers who are motivated by these health, wellness, and medicinal um, use cases. Uh, we are seeing just even within food in general, um, and this is some great data from our partners over at IRI, that uh, over 40% of, of consumers say that they consider food to be just as powerful as medication, um, especially when you're thinking about functional ingredients uh, that can do things uh, such as produce energy effects, produce calming effects, um, immunotherapy effects, et cetera, et cetera. We do already see this trend playing out within the retail sales, of course. So if you look at the September uh, sales data for isolating out here, British Columbia and Alberta, for example, taking a look at a few specific product categories, um, we are seeing the important role that CBD products do play in cannabis retail up in Canada, uh, especially prevalent in pills, um, of course, probably not surprising there, um, and beverages and, and chocolates as well. Um, also worth noting that if you isolate out the top 20 edibles products in September for those markets, uh, 12 of those were marketed as containing CBD across the various product categories. Also worth noting that when you look at the um, specifically medically motivated consumers up in Canada, for 31% of those consumers self-report that their ideal edibles ratio is CBD only, no THC. Um, again, so as we're thinking specifically about those consumers, um, can't overstate how important that CBD is to the overall uh, product experience and functional ingredients that those cannabis consumers are looking for. 
So as we move into 2021, Jay, really looking forward uh, to tracking and, and watching some wins, hopefully on the legislative front, both north and south of the border, um, technological breakthroughs, and ultimately, um, hopefully to easier, more consistent and better quality access uh, for the cannabis medicine uh, for those that need it and for those that want it. Certainly, we'll still continue to, to monitor this uh, for all the consumer retail and product trends and, and certainly I'm looking forward to supporting and continuing to support those um, medicinal uses for cannabis uh, as we look into the new year. Um, it strikes me as a good news, well, bad news, good news story. Uh, in Canada, you suggested well, that I'm going to represent 10% of the market in 2025, right? The medical, uh, proper medical channel. Yes. That's on the, that's the bad news side. Uh, although the market, the market is getting bigger, uh, the medical side is getting, representing a smaller portion of it. But what you suggested, the way the demographics break out, the way the use cases break out, and the way I would even say almost indications of potential like if you could be a company that proves that your product that you developed helps sleep for people over 50, you will have hit a real home run because you know, that's the right demographic, the right indication, the right market size. And even in the part where you suggested that uh, you know, OTC and prescription medications go down considerably when people use cannabis. Like there is a combination in there that could be amazing for industry, whether it's a prescription or whether it's sort of an OTC sort of cannabis outcome. That's the way you're looking at it too? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a really great point. And one of the things that we continue to, to point out both in the US and in Canada is that medicinal uh, purpose use cases and, and consumers who are consuming specifically and exclusively for medicinal purposes are not shopping exclusively from the medical channel, whether that be in the US where restrictions state by state may be more or less uh, restrictive or in, even up in Canada. Um, and, and so we see that play out again and again, um, and, and what that means for the medical channel and, and sort of where the regulations go from there certainly will let others who are, who are bigger experts uh, than I in, in those dynamics talk about, about the whys there. Uh, but I think the, the takeaway remains the same and remains really important that those medical consumers and those medical patients are out there regardless of where they are shopping. It's all about their intent um, and their reasons for purchasing. And so being able to reach them where they are and frankly, where they're comfortable shopping and what works for them, I think is what we as an industry can do to make sure that their access is as easy and stress-free um, and consistent as possible. Well, I, lo I love what you said there. Their channel of purchase does not necessarily indicate purpose of the week. So thank you so much, Liz. Absolutely, Jay, always a pleasure. All right. Thank you.